This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. To the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Welcome back, everybody. It is Sweet November, man. I don't know about you guys, but I am fired up to knock one down with my bow. It is on. Um, real quick, before we get a little update here, we have my good friend Adam Miller from the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Adam's been a good buddy of mine for uh, a few years now. Um, I think I first met him at the Total Archery Challenge three, four, five years ago. Uh, him and John run the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. They're from West Michigan, right where I'm from. Um, a lot of synergies, see things the same way. Good, good dude. And he is on here today. We're going to go over all things hunting and habitat related. We're going to talk about you know, his podcast, how that got going. He just hosted a Patreon deer camp. We talked quite a bit about what Patreon is and the deer camp and other exclusive events that he's creating, forming this awesome community through his Patreon. We talk about his hunt to Southern Indiana. No, I'm sorry, Northern Indiana, public land. They just got back doing that. Um, we talk about his Upper Peninsula habitat. I went and visited his property when I was up there camping this summer over towards Iron Mountain. And, you know, we spent a few hours on the place. I think it's 240 acres, if I remember correctly, with his dad and his brother and him. And uh, we got some food plots going right that weekend. And uh, he's already seen the benefits from the habitat work. So we, we get to dive into kind of, you know, someone who's very, you know, early in the habitat rabbit hole, if you will, but is already seeing good results. So that's kind of cool, too. Um, Deer Camp, cover that. Guys, it's an all-around great episode. You know, just happy to have him on and, and appreciate it, Adam. Thanks for coming on, buddy. And uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys are all out there knocking some stuff down. I know we've been getting some great pictures sent in so far. Corey Sullivan, Minnesota, congrats, brother. You got our land planned man out of Wisconsin, Mr. Zach. Thank you, Zach, for sending that bucking. Great deal, great deal there, buddy. Um, Zach's part of our land plan team. If you guys are interested in those land plans, we are already building our list for 2024. Already have some guys on there, so I should mention that while I still can. Um, habitatpodcast.com slash land plans. Um, we're booking those right now. So we're only doing we only do a certain amount of those. We don't try to do a million. And uh so we're we're keeping that uh fairly exclusive to the first come, first serve style guys. And um, if you need help with your property, if you're sitting in your woods, you know, last weekend, this weekend, not seeing the deer you want to see, not seeing the activity or the habitat you want to see, give us a call, shoot us an email, info at habitatpodcast.com. Um, I was, I've been out a little bit earlier this week. Um, Monday night, I slid out after work and man, what a night. I saw five bucks. I passed one. I missed one. Two bigger ones were out of range. Um, I saw one hot doe with a buck behind her. I saw another hot doe that this big boy had locked down out in the swamp. He wasn't letting her go anywhere. So, guys, it's on. I mean, obviously, right? It's November 2nd when I'm recording this. This will go to tomorrow morning. Excuse me. But if you're not in the woods, I urge you to get in the woods. And um, tonight, I'm going to push back in to kind of where those bucks were all coming from the other night. I'm grabbing my saddle. My I got some new of those latitude climbing uh, carbon sticks. I'm going to bring those with me. I'm going to get out there here very soon and get set up and uh, hopefully maybe get redemption on on that buck from the other night or, or or one that's bigger. So thank you so much for listening to the Habitat Podcast, guys. Really appreciate you. I know, you know, you come back every week, you listen, you learn something, hopefully. You know, if you do, thank you so much. Leave us a good review. There's a link below. If you write me something nice on uh, Apple iTunes there, uh, I'll send you a free five-inch Habitat Podcast decal. 
Thank you for those who are sending those in. Email me, info at habitatpodcast.com if you left a review and with your address, and I'll send you a decal. Very simple. Thank you for those who've done that. Uh, Again, guys, our land plan services, we're booking that for next year. We do not take a huge client list on those just due due to time and quality. We want high quality. We want relationships, and we want you guys to be successful. So we are booking those already. It gets earlier and earlier every year we start building this list. Um, that's habitatpodcast.com slash land plans. I want to thank the rest of our partners here. And um, we'll get right into this episode with Adam Miller. I want to thank United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Chad Thalen just listed 35 acres on our Habitat Podcast Facebook story right now. Uh, Downburst Cedars, Morse Nursery, Packer Max Cultipackers, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Vitalized Seed Company, and Tagged Out Seed Products. Guys, don't forget, if you need some help, Southern Ohio, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky area, getting some things implemented on your property or a brand new 360 hunting blind, give Rich you call it tagged out seed products if you guys are wondering if you should buy or sell property right now in michigan be sure to get a hold of chad thalen over at midwest lifestyle properties i've been friends with chad for a long time he's been a partner of the podcast for quite a few years now and he just proves to be a resource to me over and over again chad has been helping me understand the real estate side of things, answer any questions I have, help me see through some of the technical stuff that I might not be trained for in this in this area, and just knows ground, knows habitat, programs to get stuff, put it on your ground, the government can pay for, all around, very knowledgeable guy over at Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Guys, if you're looking to buy or sell a piece of recreational ground. I mean, he even sells ground with farms and, and houses on it too. But if you're looking to buy a piece of ground or sell yours, give Chad a call. Chad is on Facebook at Chad Thalen, Land Specialist, Midwest Lifestyle Properties. You can also find him on our website at Habitat Podcast. The market is still hot for rec properties. And I would call Chad right away to get your property listed and sold. If you're on the lookout for a brand new property, again, Chad has his fingers in a lot of different circles and can find a piece for you. Check him out, Chad Thalen, Midwest Lifestyle Properties on Facebook and at HabitatPodcast.com. And you were just saying you are one more day of work and you're off the whole time in November. Uh, I got to work the day before Thanksgiving and then I'm off until then I'm, we're going to the UP actually Thanksgiving weekend. So I work that day and you know, depending on how it works out, like depending on what happens in Kansas and what time I get home and like how lenient like my other coworkers are, I could switch that so that I could work before that and go to the UP earlier because we're going to be in the UP for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So nice. We will also be north for Thanksgiving. Um, you were just saying you were coming back from Indiana. Yeah. How was that? How long do you spend down there? Uh, So we went down there. I had to work Thursday. So we got up early, went down Friday morning. Um, never been there, never stepped foot on it, just looked at it on a map and it was way different than we kind of expected. Um, and it was also 73 degrees. So it was crazy. We scouted, like, I think we put in like four miles the first, like Friday, uh, set up and, um, it took a couple days to get on deer. One of our buddies was down there and, and another dude was down there. And, uh, he, he saw like a one the first morning, like Friday morning when we came down there. And then after that, it was like really slow and we got into the weekend. So there's a million guys and million Amish. Holy shit. Like it was really, it was wild. Um, and then like, once we started figuring out like who was seeing deer where and what that looked like on the map, like we got, I think, I think if we were, I mean, how, if I were to go down there like next week, I think I could probably kill something. Um, like the first sit that I had, like once I figured out like what was going on, I had a a doe and a button buck come right underneath me, but no, no bucks. I mean, I was right in, like, I was right on the edge of this bedding area. So they were just filtering out. And then the next morning it rained. So we didn't hunt, went back in there. I had, I barely got set up. It was like barely two o'clock and, uh, had a spike come feeding through and he was there the whole day. Like he, hmm. he fed around me for 45 minutes. He went and bedded down. <laughs> he got, he got, uh, upwind of me and bedded down and he was there until prime time then he got out and went to the field and then uh that's the only thing i saw then we went back yesterday morning and uh i had i think it was that same button buck come freaking hang out at the base of my tree and i these were three different trees like in this bedding area so it wasn't (laughs) like but they were the same i think it was must have been the same deer and then i had like a a small racked buck and uh, another deer that i didn't see like over on the edge of this field 
and then another racked buck over there. And then Eric saw, he had three does come right underneath him, one pissing a scrape, and then a little tiny six point come right underneath him that he could have killed at five yards. And then he had deer around him going back to bed. And it was like, we just figured out like what the bedding looked like on the map. And then it was there. And then where I was in conjunction to where this one big main scrape was that, that kept getting opened up was like right at the end of this trail. And then where I saw all those bucks, they were just on the next trail over going in right there. So, but it was, it was just weird. Cause it wasn't like, like where I saw all those deer was like right on this field edge. And it was like a secluded field, like way back in, but they were just like kind of hanging out over there. And it, it was weird. Like it was like, Oh, it wasn't like way back and super right. deep. It was like, like, there's no way I would set up there. So I don't know. It was just, it was just different, but you know, it was just a quick hunt. Eric, he uh, just wanted to go somewhere out of state and figure it out. And we like the, the first day, like we found a bunch of like really good sign. And then like, as soon as we got into like the good sign, we found like a gut pile from that morning. So we were like, ah, uh, that's probably, oh, that's probably right. not it. You know? So I mean, would you go back there again? You think? So it's really close to home. Like, so it's only like two and a half hours away. Yeah. So I think it's like, I'm, I'm looking at my like second half of my vacation, like to see, depending on what happens in Kansas, like that's a stop on the way home. Um, and I haven't even, like, we did so little preparation for that trip. Like, I don't even know when their, uh, season stops. I don't know when it ends in Indiana. I don't know when their gun season is. I don't know when anything is. Um, so that would be like a realistic option for like later season or whatever to go back down there. Cause like I said, it's only two and a half hours away. It's not like it was, you know, last year we went back to Ohio and that six and a half hours down there. We went down there for two days. So, but I think because it is so close, like think about it in proximity, like from your house to your up North property. Like if we went down there, like in the summer or like early season, set up some trail cameras, like you could, that would be like a legit spot where. I got these deer on camera every day. We're just going to go down and kill them. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, at least there's deer active in the, in the, in the area. Like, and when I, when I used to hear guys talk about that, I never really, I was like, yeah, that's crazy. But like, no, that was, it was an easy drive. <laughs> I mean, a couple hours. Yeah. Isn't, isn't too bad. Um, and, and that's, that can be very attractive if you got some cameras going off and you got the weekend or vacation and, and, and call it, uh, yeah, that's, I've never hunted Indiana. I don't know much about it. I, we did a few land plans there, and those guys kill some really big deer. Um, I know they're there. One is it one buck? Yep. Okay. And and one of the things like that I uh, was telling Eric like about all this is like you know now now that being like two and a half hours away, you know you know uh, you know not a very long drive, we'll say. Um, it's it's like what Dan Infault and all those guys say. We're like you got to have like thirty spots, like. Yeah. So it's just, we're just adding areas that are like familiarizing ourselves with, you know? Yep. Yep. More to the arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who do not know, let's get an introduction, who you are, where you're from. You were on way back when episode 96. I don't even remember what year that was. Probably 2020, you might guess, somewhere in there. Um, so welcome back. Let's hear uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do, all that good stuff. Uh, world's worst bow hunter. So uh, Adam Miller, I run the uh, Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. And, uh, it, it was funny, like last night, because I'm sure, Eric, uh, Jared's going to bring it up, but like, so I, I have to work tomorrow, uh, November 1st, and then I'm off until the 21st. And my daughter was asking me about like what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I was it, something about work. And I was like, yeah, I got to go to work. I said, I'm going to be hunting. And, uh, my daughter goes, that's not your job. And she goes, well, kind of it is, I guess. My wife just looks at me and she goes, you'd think you'd be better at it. And I was like, come <laughs> on. Like, I was like, somebody's got to be the worst, right? Might as well be me. Oh, that was teed up and hit out of the park right there. Yeah. Man. Loving, loving relationship. Hey, I, I get it. I get it. We, uh, we're all around here. We've been on and off sick, like the whole month of October. I swear the kids, one kid twice, my wife twice, me once. So like getting out and getting away to try to hunt these days has been uh it's been tough, been challenging. So, you know, I'm not I don't have any more well, I don't know how many deer you have down at all. I've one doe down, so I'm not too far ahead of you. I uh actually missed one last night. So I don't know if I'm any better of a bow hunter, but I'm worse. I, I hit one bad. I, I shot a doe back and brought in a dog and everything, couldn't find it. And I think like looking back, um, I think she took a step like right when I released and like, I felt like I did everything right as far as, like, I, I hit the deer, the way the deer reacted, like, everything, the way it sounded, it was, like, bad. It was, like, just terrible. 
So I waited a half hour, got down, found my arrow, verified that it wasn't awesome. And then didn't go, that was at like 7.30 in the morning, went back at four in the afternoon, you know, so, you know, however many, six hours, whatever, and searched, didn't find any, like found blood, found it, found it, just verified everything that I thought had some decent blood and Frank had already killed a deer there, uh, very close to there. So we'd already uh, familiar with the property. We went and checked you know, where the deer would have went and, uh, and call the dog dog came back at nine o'clock at night. We searched until midnight. I mean, just, Man. just a bad, just a bad deal. So I'm still worse, Jared. <laughs> well, whether you are worse or not, I enjoy your podcast. I've been listening to it for years. So that's, you know, that's how and we met, um, maybe through Ben Consitis and Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. But, um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. If anybody's a fellow Michigander, you don't have to be a Michigander to listen, obviously. But if you are, it's kind of extra special, um, in, in my opinion. So welcome back, brother. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah. How's your season been going in Michigan? Have you, uh, besides that dough, have you been seeing any bucks yet? No, I, you know, my season in Michigan has been like very like fragmented. Okay. So our season started like on a Sunday, sorry, not a Sunday. And then we do our Patreon hunt for the podcast. And so last year we did it and we were like, okay, we're going to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe Thursday. People will roll in Thursday night and then we'll hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And people showed up on Wednesday. So we did that. And then this year in it last year, it, it started later. So the, the, our Patreon hunt was like the first real weekend of the season, like the first full weekend. And then um, not to interrupt Adam, but I do want to ask you about this hunt in detail, you know, tell, tell the story, the whole thing. So, yeah. So, um, we, we, uh, this year, and it was a, it was a blast last year. Um, had a bunch of guys come from a bunch of different States. I mean, uh, the furthest ones are like Texas and New Jersey or, uh, uh, Rhode Island rather. And uh, had a guy come from Iowa, um, you know, and then this year. So this year we were like, okay, well, we're going to do Wednesday through Sunday. And so that meant that I had to like, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I worked all of those days so I could have the other days off. And then people still showed up on Tuesday this year. So it was Tuesday to Sunday. Wow. And it just, so I hunted all of those days, but those days were like, like, A, this isn't, so by no means is this a like, guided hunt and it's definitely not on any public land or private land so i mean we had we had 40 guys stay in camp and we had 50 guys come through camp so when you talk about like you want to have a, a deer camp like careful what you wish for right <laughs> so we have to have this property you know big enough to accommodate 50 hunters you know 40 hunters whatever so it's all this public well there's no way that you can have enough spots or like nowhere to go so any of the like preseason scouting everything that i did you know these guys are coming from out of state i'm trying to say like okay well this is what i found over here this is what we found over here like go there and they're doing their e-scouting too but like I, that hunting was more of like playing host and then i i hunted some stuff um I don't think I saw a buck on that. I, you know, I don't think, I'm not sure that I've seen a buck all year, um, but it's just like the way that the hunting has gone. So, um, so I did that. And then I had to work uh, after that. Like I, like I told Jared, I I'm off from November 1st. I work, I work tomorrow, November 1st, and then I'm off until the 21st. And then I'm off Thanksgiving weekend. And then I work the Monday after Thanksgiving. So I took a couple of weeks off. I took two weeks off, but then I scheduled it. So like all of my schedule was front loaded so that I worked all these tons of days. And I mean, I work like, and I don't work very much. So I work like, <laughs> it's just the way that it is. I work like 10 or, you know, 10 to 12 hour shifts. And I just work a couple of days a week. So me working like nine out of 11 days is a lot um, for the schedule that I'm accustomed to. Right. So um, so a lot of that was, um, you know, my time was spent that, 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 uh, day before I hit that doe, I had seen, a uh, I hunted and I had a buck come in. I was just set up wrong. I had a buck come in behind me and I was just a small, like six point or something like that. And then that doe came through, um, and then that whole fiasco, then I had to work, then started my like run of days. And then we went, I got off work. The last day was the 24th or 25th or something like that. And then I went to uh, Indiana. Um, uh, one of my buddies, he 
he doesn't have anybody like that is really into hunting or um, that takes him out of state or like will go out of state hunting with them. So, uh, you know, we've been to Missouri together. We've been to Ohio. And uh, Eric's like, well, are we going to go somewhere? And I was like, yeah, let's find somewhere. And he's like, well, you'd mentioned like maybe hunting in Indiana. So we, I just made some phone calls and we found some public in Indiana and we knew some guys that had hunted down there. So we went down there and just got back from Indiana and, um, it was just starting to, to get good. Um, at least for us, I mean, we got down there with 70 degrees and even up until like yesterday morning was the first day that we even saw like deer in the morning, uh, like crossing the roads, you know, you know how it is like when they're, we, it's easy to get excited when you're driving in and there's deer running around everywhere. Like, oh, it's going to be a great day. We just weren't seeing any of that before the hunt, after the hunt. And I mean, we did quite a bit of driving around and there was no deer. You know, like you weren't having to stop for deer. There wasn't like anything really going on. So, and we'd never even walked on this piece of property. Didn't even know what it was. Followed the GPS to it, to the campsite. And we were like, all right, well, let's figure this out. And, you know, doing that, it takes a few days to get on deer and. Yeah. We, uh, we had fun, you know, started getting into deer, uh, yesterday morning. And, um, with this being Halloween, I had to come back for my daughter and then I got to work tomorrow. So yep. that, that's my season in a nutshell. I've done, I've got another piece of like weird public, this weird public agricultural piece that I hunt, um, <laughs> that, uh, I've done a couple like observation sits out there where I've seen like sat and watched deer and I've, I did a lot of scouting and do a lot of glassing out there and like had an idea, but they cut the corn like right before this, like September 28th or something. So they changed things around on the piece that I'm hunting. So uh, I'm going to get out there Thursday morning and uh, kind of get some eyes on what's going on. There's, there's lots of bucks out there, lots of deer out there. It's just a matter of like, where are the guys going to be? That's all. Is that where you turkey hunt too? Nope. Nope. Very near there, but Okay. Where, it sounds I, a little familiar. Based yeah, on. where I uh, where we turkey on over there is like apparently overrun with guys right now. So, right. like, and and so uh, my father in law he does a podcast with me sometimes. Um, him and Ernie are they're down in Ohio right now. Nice. And I was talking to him. I'm like, I I think I'm gonna hunt just midweek, and then I'm gonna hunt the private behind his house because there's like three or four different bucks back there, and there's a pretty nice nine point back there. Um, but I think I'm just going to hunt that on the weekend, kind of like balance it with like hunt the morning, hunt the evening, spend time with family maybe. And then like midweek, I'm just going to do like the all day sit type stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Um, during this week, I have some vacation time and whatnot, but it's almost like you're still gone. You're still not helping out if you're hunting both morning and evening and, and this and that. And so with Halloween and trick or treating, I'm kind of doing like a morning evening opposite day type thing. We'll see how it works out. Uh, you get to be home every night with the kids. So that's kind of cool. Um, but to your point, you know, back to that. I want to go back to that that Patreon hunt. How do you host 40 to 50 guys at a, at a camp? Where did you camp on public or did you camp on private? No. So I've got like a, a little tiny piece of property. Like we're talking 150 by 100 piece of property. And then uh, my good friends have uh, the property adjacent to us. And so these lots are. 50 by a hundred. And so I have three lots and they have the 10 lots that kind of like go around us. So they let us use that. And it's, it's nice because we have power. Mm. Like, so we can have our campers and all that stuff. Just got a portage on. Um, and then the, just this year, last year we didn't have water, but they put in a well. So we had water this year. Um, and then it's like, okay, who's coming? What are you going to be sleeping in? Do you have any room to host anybody else um parking is just that parking is the problem i would have to buy more property just for vehicles um but yeah so then we just everybody just stays there and there's you know probably eight or ten campers and then there was three wall tents and then a couple other like little tents and you know it was we do we, we just plan on one meal a day so like we had uh like for for Wednesday night for whoever was there I did like some burgers and then we did uh we had chili one day and we had uh pulled pork that someone brought and then we had uh sloppy joes so if you you know everybody's been hunting enough that like you hunt the morning come back that's when we had the meal so like food was ready in the midday other than that you're on your own like I can't it's this this isn't this isn't a guide service this is not a four star you know thing anything like that it's just simply we're doing deer camp and then it's like who's bringing what you know who's gonna have coffee who's gonna have that and we kind of coordinate that throughout the year but 
Um, yeah. And just making, and what's cool is like everybody has everything. So if you forgot something or you want to try something or you want to check something out, like you got all that time in between hunts to like kind of go through all that stuff and, uh, really cool. And, you know, tons and tons of different levels of hunting. So like some, like we had a guy, uh, kill his first deer with a vertical bow. Um, and it was a spike. That was the only buck that we shot. Um, and then there was, you know, guys that have killed piles and piles of deer that, you know, were maybe wanting to shoot something better or this or that. But, uh, if you remember like the first weekend, I don't know how it was by you, but by us, it was just torrential downpour, like ridiculous rain. Um, and everybody still had a great time. You know, you could hunt as hard or as little as you wanted. It wasn't, it was like a deer camp in like the truest of senses, like where you could have went and never hunted one time and still had a ball. Or you could have, you know, hunted your balls off and, you know, maybe got a chance at something. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I know um, two of my buddies went, John and uh, Andy, they said it was an awesome time. I mean, you guys are putting deer on the ground, different levels of ex expertise or experience, I should say. And uh, all, all state land, right? You guys all hunt in state land around there? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah there's I, we don't have any private. <laughs> anybody see anything bigger than the spike? Oh, yeah. Um, John has John actually hit a, a pretty good buck that uh we think we we think he brisket shot. Um Pat saw a really nice buck. Um, and then I, I think some other people had maybe seen a couple bucks or whatever, but you know, it, like this is the one thing that is like the antithesis of any sort of like big buck hunting, right? So it's like we're going to go hunt public land. We're going to find stuff that's not pressure. How can you not pressure any size area with 40 hunters? You know, you're trying to avoid people, trucks, all this stuff. And you're, we're just going to pepper the landscape. You know, it, I mean, seriously, that's pretty, that's a lot of folks. Right. But, and then, you know, there was another deer camp down the way and those guys were hunting and uh, all that. But uh, this year, what, like we found last year with the same amount of, um, uh, you know, same area, all that stuff is all predicated on food. And this year there was no acorns. So guys were driving like up to an hour away just to find acorns and get on deer. And I, now that I think about that, I think Josh Mapes did see um, uh, a couple bigger than spike bucks um, up there. But uh, like I say, everybody was just kind of, it's it's a real good time, good lesson to see like how everybody else e-scouts, maybe go out with somebody who's, you know, more uh, advanced than you and see how they read the woods, um, all that stuff. And, you know, you get a chance in real time to ask questions like, what do you think about this? Seeing how guys set up, like all that stuff is, uh, you know, somewhat invaluable. That's actually kind of cool being able to maybe pair off or switch it up with, with other guys. I know when we go up to rifle camp, we have probably, I don't know, I think we had 10 guys last year, maybe 11. There's probably four, probably half know how to hunt and have hunted a bunch. And the other half are just getting into it. So. Yeah, we have a lot of those same conversations. And uh, if you don't tag along with somebody and you just listen to what everybody says, that's one thing. It's, but you can still be kind of clueless. Um, there might be some, you know, simple, stupid things that people miss just because they nobody told them before, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's the one thing is like there's like really no ego. Right. So yeah. cool. like the 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 beauty of it and i think that's when you guys been at the the deer camp with kevin the last couple of years is it's not like a great time of year so you're not messing up anybody's like good hunting season you're like not you know unless somebody has something like on a like ridiculous pattern that they got to go kill like nobody really cares and a, on a piece of public land that you know you hunt one time a year or something like that it's not like somebody's going to be like, well, you can't have my good spot. I'm, I'll show you this, but I'm not going to show you, you know, the good stuff. Like everybody's kind of like learning together. And for guys that have, you know, killed a lot of deer that are confident going in and, and just finding deer, you know, some of these guys aren't, aren't confident finding deer. And so, especially some of these guys that got a state who, you know, even like, like I said, when we were in Indiana, you think that you're just going to be able to take like what you have here in Michigan and translate it like immediately to the woods there. But like it, we found like it was really different, like what the bedding looked like, what um, how the deer were 
we're traveling, like some of the stuff that, you know, we kind of take for granted because it's, we're on our home turf. Like, yeah, I know how to find deer. And you go down there and like, what in the hell is going on? And it takes a little bit, you know, to figure it out. So did everybody have a great time? And, and what was the craziest thing that happened all weekend? Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so it, it, it isn't, that's the thing is like, it's not like crazy deer. What was the the funniest thing that you could go to? It doesn't uh, have to be deer, deer related. Oh, I'm just, just no, but like you can go to the, like the Generations of the Hunt podcast and look at his okay. reels. Um, okay. Like, so last year, so last year was the first time that we did this. And I was like super nervous because these people were coming from all, all this way again to hunt like BF nowhere, Michigan state, uh, land. Michigan, super pressured public land on a shitty time of year. Right. Like, so it's not like all these big bucks are running all this stuff. Huh. You got guys coming from out of state and we didn't, didn't know how it was going to go. And then nobody was shooting any deer. Nobody was killing deer. So last year, the last night, all the deer got killed and we didn't have a buck pole. So my buddy like cut down a tree, made a buck pole, tied it up there. Well, it was the same, you know, two and a half inch pine buck pole from last year. So as soon as we put two deer on it, that thing came crashing down on my head. And like that, Ouch. that was probably one of the highlights of the whole thing. Cause it was freaking hilarious, but broken buck poles are, uh, are a good thing, right? That's a, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. We had a, we had a bow in ours, just a, a band needed some more deer on that thing. But, um, yeah, that's that sounds like an amazing time. I mean, are you planning on doing this year after year moving forward? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the plan. I mean, guys are already like, when are we when is it going to be next year so I can put in for my time off and yeah. all this stuff and it it's crazy because you know, we do like the the Marco Polo chat, right? So it's like I say it's like Snapchat for adults, but like there's no filters and there's no like all this other stuff, but like We've created like a bunch of like really good relationships with people that wouldn't have never met or, you know, interacted or anything like that. And then on top of that, like now they've like branched out and they're doing like their own hunting camps and they're meeting up and working on each other's bows and shooting with each other and things like that. And it's like, that's like way bigger than like what we've done. So now this is just an excuse for all of those guys or t- to see your friends that you, you only see once a year, like at, at deer camp. And so now it's going to be really hard to be like, oh yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Um, the, the difficult part is, is like having it not be um, in somewhat inclusive, you know, we do it for Patreons, but like as Patreon grows. And so like, if we've got, you know, a hundred Patreons and half of them show up, you know, like if Patreon continues to grow and the, that it, it sounds like it's a cool thing. Now people are like, oh, I want to go to that. I want to go to that. And it's just like, well, well, we're going to need a a ranch, like not for the hunting, for the parking, for for the logistics. (laughs) You don't need a bigger boat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been overwhelmed by the hundreds of food plot seed mixes out there? Well, you are not alone. And Vitalize Seed has developed a seed program that takes the guesswork out of food plotting. Vitalize Seed has two core mixes, the Nitro Boost and Carbon Load, to keep it simple. Nitro Boost is their spring-summer food plot mix, and Carbon Load is the fall plot mix, each having a diverse mix of over a dozen different seed types that are highly attractive to whitetail. Food plotting made simple, but it gets even better. Each mix provides necessary nutrients to the soil, making for better plots each season and saving you money by needing less Roundup and less fertilizer each season. The 1-2 system simplifies your food plots just how nature intended. Vitalize Seed. Make biology work for you. Order now at VitalizeSeed.com. Guys, I want to tell you a little bit about my friends over at Morse Nursery. I've been planting Morse Nursery trees from their nursery here in Michigan since I've been doing habitat work on the 15 acres. Uh, Right before I sold the 15, I had my apple trees budding and dropping apples. I had my chestnut trees dropping chestnuts my crabs, the pears. Guys, Morse Nursery has been around for a very long time. Charlie Morse used to run the show, and man, their their tree stock is unbelievable. Um, MorseNursery.com, fall is the time to place your orders for the spring. Whether you want chestnuts, persimmon, apple trees, pears, oak trees, or any tree and shrub protection. You know, they even offer a survival kit for 10 bucks that will warranty your tree. You do everything right and it's still, you know, you get the drought or whatever, you still have a warranty. Morse Nursery offers that. Guys, they have starter bundles. 
They have a hardiness zone map on the website. Morse Nursery is my go-to spot for wildlife trees. I'll be picking up a load of the oldest trees I can get and bringing them down to a client of mine in Iowa and Illinois here very soon. I think if anybody's interested in cold hardy trees, tough trees, good genetic trees that have stood the test of time, check out morsenursery.com. We even have a code if you're on Morse Nursery's website, you wanna save some money, use code HABITAT10, that's 10% off. We even also offer some dealer pricing, Habitat Pockets, we are a dealer for Morse Nursery. If you're interested in getting a good nursery, or I'm sorry, a good orchard set up on your property, let us know. We'll be happy to help. Guys, check them out. MorrisNursery.com, Habitat 10. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I mean, I mean that's uh, when you say like a, a bigger boat, right? So I think that that's like very uh, like telling of a thing. Like when you see like a big giant boat out there, it usually has like one dude and his wife. And you see like a shitty ass like ratted out pontoon boat. It's usually got like 40 people on it and they're just about to sink it, but they're having the most fun ever. Yep. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, a metaphor or like visually representation of like what our deer camp is because we've got this little tiny piece of property packing as many people on there as we possibly can. Um, you know, and everybody's having fun. Nobody's complaining. And it was, it was good time. Oh, you want to know what there, there was something pretty, uh, pretty wild. So, uh, I won't name any names <laughs> just, just because, but there is like one of the nicest guys like from my area um, who has like a hunting company and he came up to our camp and someone told him to go check out this spot. Right. So he goes to check out the spot and he's like nice, non-confrontational and it looks great, you know, and he runs into a dude in the parking lot and says, the guy says, Hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, uh, I was going to hunt this. And he's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. And he's like, there's, you know, there's a lot of bad people around here. They'll like break into your car. They'll steal your stuff. They'll slash your tires. Um, you know, there's going to be like six, eight guys here tonight, like hunting this thing. It's pretty much overrun. Like you probably, you probably don't want to hunt it. And, uh, he says, okay. And he says, well, can I just ask you this? Like, well, if it's so bad, like, why are you hunting here? And he said, well, cause I'm one of those guys. <laughs> and so he comes back to camp tells the guys in camp and like it takes all kinds. So there's some wild cards in our camp and they're like, we're going back. Like we're going there tonight. We're going to hunt there. And uh, they're like, we're going to, we're going to mess this dude up. Like, <laughs> And so they, and again, like this is not to condone any of this. And this is um, not like, you know, understand like you're part of the problem if you're doing that stuff too. And you know, intimidation, hunter harassment. Like I, I understand like all the things, but so 
they like drive to this place and there's a, a truck there. It's a blue truck. And they're like, is that the truck? And he's like, I don't know. It was a blue truck. If it's a blue Chevy, it's a truck. So they go racing up there, jump out, go over there. And it's just these two kids. <laughs> and these two kids are like, what the hell is going on? And uh, nothing came of it. But it was that was like probably the talk of camp was like, what they're messing with this dude like you don't mess with one of our boys like we're going like they're like show for us let's like let's everybody go on let's put everybody up in this spot so it's hilarious we're we're building camaraderie in more ways than just broken buck bulls (laughs) (laughs) good and and i wanted to to ask you and kind of hear from your point of it this is all done through patreon program called patreon i've mentioned a while back getting one together plan on doing that here soon um, I have a date in mind. I want to hear from from you, you know, why you started this, what it is even. And like, I, I can already tell all the good stuff that's, that's coming from it, right? Or has came from it so far. So if you don't mind going into that a little bit and help us understand. Yeah. So like Patreon is just like crowdfunding for creators. So like, it's like, it like predates like OnlyFans. Like I'm not showing my butthole to anybody, but we're <laughs> like, you know, you give exclusive content. Thank you or like, for not showing that. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Um, but like, that's, that's the thing. So like you can have like exclusive access to whatever, like you can do giveaways. Like we do like sign up for Patreon. We'll give you like a swag pack with like stickers and stuff like that. Uh, there's a ad free feed. So we're on waypoint. So there's ads that are inserted in there. Um, you can subscribe to that feed and you don't get that. And then like for different tiers, there's different things. So we give away t-shirts and other stuff like that. Um, you're not supposed to like do giveaways through Patreon. It's like frowned upon. Um, but I get stuff from my sponsors and that's like part of like my contract is that you got to give me extra stuff so I can give it to them. And so like, for example, like at this Patreon hunt, which was only available to Patreons and like you're hearing like how big this damn thing is. So it's like, like it's, (laughs) it's exclusive, but my God. It's uh, everybody wants to come. So, uh, but like I talked to like our uh, sponsors and I was like, hey, you know, Latitude gave us some sticks. Uh, like we, I've done some stuff with Redline. So I know Weston pretty good. So I asked him and he's like, whatever you want. Like we had Wilderness Athlete on the podcast. I'm like, hey, we're doing this thing. Like there might be some people that are hungover. What do you got for supplements for like hungover people? And they're like, well, we'll ship you all this stuff. Um and so I try to make sure that we're like giving back to the people that are supporting the show. Um, but uh, in reality, like we do this, you know, essentially for free and people want to find a way to support you. It's like, you can only buy so many hats and shirts and like, that's a pain in the ass. Like, you know, you know like if you got to have inventory and you got extra shirts and all this stuff. So like talking, I was telling you earlier, like um, Ron Bame runs the hunting dog podcast. And when I first started this up, um, I was introduced to him and, uh, he just lives right down the road from me and the hunting dog podcast is pretty big. Ron's been on, uh, the meat eater TV show a few times. He was Steve Rinella's first boss. Wow. Um, so they're really good friends. Um, and, uh, so I went over and sat down with him and he was telling me all about Patreon and how it's really cool to like build a community. And so like through one thing that I've, I've like talked about doing and, you know, we do it kind of like through Marco Polo. Uh, but he does like zoom this zoom room. And so like once a week he gets on zoom and like all the Patreons can pop in there and, um, they just chat and he's like, we've built like some really good relationships, especially over the years with some of these people, but you're connecting people, you know, like in your case, like I've talked to you about it, like maybe somebody has some equipment who is really close or going to be in the area with another guy who's trying to get started and doesn't know what to do. It's a great way to like build that community um, all around, uh, similar interests and passions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, it was like, you know, all these people are like, Hey, when are you doing this? When are you doing this? And it's like, well, for me, like now I can, now I know who I'm like, uh, curating my show for is like, these are the people that are really, you know, all in to, to what we're doing. And like, Hey, it's a way for me to like specifically give them the content that they're looking for. Uh, to a way to give back and then they just support me financially, I guess. And it's like, you know, it's $1, $5, $10 a month. Um, and then, like I said, it allows us to do more stuff like the Patreon hunt, right? So 
it allows us to, you know, make sure that we've got food, that we've got power, that we've got all the things that uh, that we can do. And then it, it's just a way, like I said, to to interact and bring people together. Cause like we we've talked, we've been there together, but like at TAC, you know, that's a big event for us. And then all of the Patreons go there and hang out. We do a cookout up there and things like that. So, but the way it started was Ron basically telling me like, this is a way for you and you can like leverage your partners and you can say, we want to make sure that we've got discounts. So for him, like he's got Gunner Kennels or he did at the time and like nobody had a discount on him. These are like two, $300 things. So if you got 20% off a two to $400 kennel, like the cost of signing up to Patreon was cheaper than, than buying one full price. So um, just, just stuff like that, but that, that's yeah. kind of like what it is. No, I, I appreciate that. I'm on his right now. It looks like he has a five and $10 one. The $5 one is, you know, you get those, those zoom uh, rooms a couple times a month, some unpublished discounts, like you mentioned and giveaways. And the other one is like bonus content, right? Like extra podcast episodes only for Patreon members, or in your case, even better, a hunt once a year together or sponsor giveaways. Um, and again, I just like the aspect of building a stronger community. And we've talked about this a couple of times, obviously, but I think it's really cool where you can take the other nut jobs like me in the habitat world, who all we do is think about and talk about this stuff all the time and then mesh that together. Because um, I mean, we always say the coolest part about this podcast are the people that we meet and get to talk to. And when you can kind of solidify that and start planning events ahead of time, and that sounds really fun. Definitely. Well, and the thing is, is like, you know, there it's, it's, it's so strange for us because I, I tell everybody all the time, like, because like you've met my father-in-law, but like my father-in-law is a wild man, like Grizzly Adams, like worked in sports shop since the seventies and has lived this life in its entirety, like outdoors. And that's the way that we grew up was we grew up hunting. We grew up shooting bows. We grew up doing all this stuff. And for me, it's just my life. Like my, these stories, these things that we do, this lifestyle is not a lifestyle. It's just my life. And there are people who are just getting into hunting or just getting into habitat. And they don't like, it doesn't, it, it never, it didn't come to them like naturally, like they're, they're, they're learning. And I think those guys do such a better job. Like I think all the adult onset hunters are like the, some of the best hunters because they're like, they've made a conscious decision to be like focused. And then they want to be, they're like, well, if I'm going to do this in my thirties or whatever, you know, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to be successful and I'm going to be, you know, they're usually like super driven where for me, it's just like, I just love being out there. So it's because that's part of what I do. So they don't have like hunting buddies necessarily. They don't have people to like have these conversations with. And then shit, when you get into like the, the weeds of habitat or like mobile public land hunting, like if I would tell somebody that I work with that hunts that I'm going to go to Indiana, never been there, never even seen it. Just looked at it on a map, heard good things. And we're going to go down there for four days. You know, like the, the guy, at the, we met a guy at the campground. He's like, you pay $240 for a tag. I'm like, it's not that expensive. Like compared to, you know, Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, you know, start, start looking at Western hunts, you know, like thousand bucks, right? So 240, like not a big deal, but these people have like their eyes bug out. Like Joe said, when he bought his tag, like the person behind the counter was like, this can't be right. Like, let me just see if I get this cheaper for you. Like when we went, when we were in Ohio last year, same thing. Person at Walmart was like $267. Like, are you sure? Is that for real? Like, yeah. But people don't understand that. Like these ladder stand five acre, 40 acre hunters, they, they, I can't have a conversation with them. And you can't, if you're starting hunting or if you don't have a hunt buddies, who are into all that stuff. Like you have nobody to ask the question to. And uh, that's just kind of, like I said, like the community that we've curated. I love it. I think it's awesome. Are you going to do anything um, additional in terms of get togethers? Brian and I have had some ideas in the past and never know where to host them or who's going to come. This is a good way, I think, to kind of gauge that. So you kind of already know who's going to show up if you put something together and and whatnot. Um, what's, what's the thoughts on the future? So uh, one of our Patreons who's like, really big in our Marco Polo group. He just moved to Montana. So we're doing a, a, a spring bear hunt out there. Like probably not going to be an archery hunt. Um, like you can try it with archery equipment, but like, he's like, just the success isn't going to be like, odds aren't going to be that high. 
But a lot of these guys, you know, you start to look at this mobile hunting stuff and you fall into the podcast and then you get to caught under the spell of like, well, I need to go out West. Well, like we just said, it's, you know, this super big commitment on like, are you going to spend money on outfit or are you going to do public land? Like, where do you start? Like, what gear do I need? Like, how do you ask those questions? Who do you ask those questions? To? Well, you know, Tom's been doing it for a long time and now he lives out there. And a bear tag is like 220 bucks or something like that. So barrier entry, not that bad. Um, so we're going to go uh, do like a wall tent type setup uh, kind of out of his house. You know, same thing just for because we were going to try to do it at a trailhead somewhere. But like power, water, you know, all of those logistics that come with something like this is is pretty difficult in the mountains you know like if you've ever been out west you're like you're you're a million miles from nowhere really quickly um so so that's one of the things that we're gonna do um everybody you know we we go too hard um at tack we go too much uh but no <laughs> But it's it's really expensive. Um, really, you know, just signing up is very difficult. Um, and so now I'm on the board for our Bowman's Club here in Muskegon. And uh, I'm thinking about trying to put together a, because we're trying to get more people through the club, obviously, but trying to put together a shoot there because uh, we've got a 3D range and all of that stuff. But just kind of do like a, kind of like a weekend get together to get everybody together again, like in the summer. Um, and I've got some pretty creative ideas about that. Uh, but that opens it up like where it wouldn't have to be Patreon specific. But I, again, like you said, like you, I know the guys that will show up um, and it, then it gives up people opportunity that don't get to go to TAC to kind of come hang out, shoot bows and, you know, just kind of have fun. And, um, you know, uh, Kurt from working class bow hunter, he does that. They do their shoot. Uh, and I've talked to him about it and cause I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to like steal your idea. Like we got a bow hunting pot. And he's like, He's like, yeah, not a big deal. And he's like, if you have a bow hunting podcast, like eventually you're going to have a bow shoot, right? Like, it's not like this is our brand new idea. So just for people that are listening, like, oh, this guy, freaking, he's just stealing ideas. Like, no, no, I'm, I talked to the Godfather. I got the blessing. <laughs> well, it's okay. To, yeah. I, I think, you know, inspirational, you're, you know, you're inspiring us to do things over here. Like, whether you want to call it stealing ideas or, or not, whatever, it's, it's just cool. So if you want to repeat something that's cool and fun, you know, there, should, there needs to be more of it where, you know, there's hunters are a dying breed and all that, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, that sounds really fun. I know a bow shoot would be great. Yeah. Like I say, so that that's like on the radar, but again, like the planning is so on something like that. It was like very, and like one of the reasons I was calling Kurt too, is like, I'm like, what about insurance? Like what if one of these jack wagons shoots somebody with a, you know, just on accident or something like what happens? And he's like, Oh, the club probably has, you know, he's like, my club has insurance for that. Like gotcha. everybody that comes signs a waiver, whatever. Gotcha. So. Oh, cool, man. I have one more thing for you. I want to see um, how the property is looking in the UP. So mm -hmm. this, this summer we were camping on our family camping trip as we normally do up in the UP with our, our friends and whatnot. And I came down about, I don't remember what it was, two hours, two and a half, whatever it was from where I was at to your, your property. You met me up there. You came up from downstate all the way in the Western UP. So um, we did a little ride along. We had some habitat discussions with you, me, your dad and your brother. And now what's it looking like today? How, are you excited? Are you going up there soon? So, yeah. So um, we talked about this before, but Apparently some of them did not listen to the plan, um, but uh, it is, it is what it is. Wind direction, you know, predominant winds um, sometimes don't trump uh, old habits. Yeah. I like to sit here. So I'm going to, I'm going to want to sit here. This looks really nice. Now I'm going to want to sit here. Um, but the, the food plots came in really good. Um, the one down to the East side um, or West side rather, it, uh, you can tell like where they turned up the dirt, like properly, it came in, um, a lot better. Uh, but there's deer in there every day. There's, I got those bucks fighting in there. Um, the one that's up by the apple tree, there was like a family of bears in there. I don't think I sent you that October 17th. There was, there was two sows and three cubs in there. 
wow. all rolling around and carrying on. And then uh, he just sent me a picture from a couple of days ago of two bucks, uh, two decent bucks in there. And one of them, like he was saying, like the genetics look different. Um, one's really wide. And then the other one has like, I want to say it has like five points on one side. And then the other side has like, you know, four or something. But these would be like two and a half year old bucks. And then um, got a pretty nice looking three-year-old buck in there. Um, that, like my brother said, same thing, like it's not going to make it, but if it does, it's going to be really something next year. Um, but it's, it's been great. Um, and then like in the big field, like I've sent you some pictures, like where, you know, nine, 10 deer in there every night, there was a pack of coyotes in there the other night too, like six, eight coyotes. Um, but it's been cool to like, see the deer like congregate and like it's one of those things we talked about before like you don't know what you don't know and now it's like now we have a way to like not not only i i just i guess i just hate the word like gotta take inventory um you know yeah oh timmy's back but uh but no just to see that there are deer there i mean like i think there's probably like five or six like legal bucks up there where as before everything it's a really weird place because it like the genetics don't have brow tines and so you're in the up so it's three on one side our camp's always been three on one side anyways but everything was like i mean frank saw like a three and a half year old four point like just like a hundred inch four point and he's like it's the biggest buck i've ever seen in my like biggest four point i've ever seen in my life like mature deer uh the genetics are just weird but we're using that lucky buck up there and like, even on that three-year-old, like you can see like the mass carrying out all the way to the end. Um, it, it's, it's cool. Like, it'll be interesting when I go up there, um, after Thanksgiving to kind of see what's going on. Cause my, my thing is for the kids, right? Like it's, it's kind of like those guys we were talking about. Like, I can't have a conversation with ladder stand guy. Well, some of the guys that hunt at that camp are a hundred percent, you know, a ladder stand guy. I shot my deer last year, my gun's on. I don't need to oil it. I don't need to open up the case. I don't know if it's even still loaded. Um, and so I think on some level, yes, the hunting is going to improve for them, but I think that they should be able to go out and find a deer. Um, but for the kids, and as you know, like you want them to be engaged. You want them to see their first deer, shoot their first deer, kind of get out there and keep them involved, keep them engaged. And, you know, you were up there, the kids were all up there. So whether they did a single thing or not, they were involved. They can say, oh yeah, remember when we came up here? And I mean, they were, they were picking rocks out of the field after we drug it. And, you know, we were out there shooting guns and hanging out in the field, but you know, for, for one of them to shoot even one of those bucks that were out there will be so much cooler than a guy who goes up there just once and didn't put any in the work and, and anything like that. So that's what I'm really like, kind of more excited about for, um, I guess like the, the knowing, but the more consistent seeing of deer, like the deer are going to be there because, you know, we put in the work to, to bring them or, or keep them, I guess is a better, better way. Yeah. I think one of the things, I don't know if it was you or your dad or your brother, somebody said like, yeah, we don't have a lot of deer around here. It was, I just remember hearing that when I was first there. And no, that I, wasn't me. That's <laughs> so what I do is I ask a lot of questions so I can, you know, understand kind of what you understand before I open my mouth. And, um, cause I saw a deer the whole, the last couple of miles deer everywhere. And then you start doing the, the browse, browse pressure, you know, taking inventory on all that and, and just seeing, um, yeah, you guys have, have a lot of deer, but the, the quick thing that we solved was getting them more centrally located instead of just randomly coming through your property. And I think some of the guys who are going to maybe are slower to see what you're trying to do up there will come around. And even you're going to learn more and more year after year doing this, you know, the habitat stuff's just going to start to click. We got a few clients who text us all the time about stuff and it's just, it's cool to see them progress too. Right. So I well, think you guys are going to have some good stuff coming on. Well, it's one thing that was very interesting is you sent me a little video today of like a buck that you did, should have shot. I don't know how far away that deer was, but I'm like, what in the world is wrong with this guy? Um, it's a, it's a nice eight point. It's probably 26 yards, 27 yards. Yeah. There's not his, what you're looking for. His brother's out there. I'm I'm not that picky, honestly. Um, I missed one last night that was bigger. And I think, uh, and then I saw two last night that were bigger. So I'm, I'm in my own brain right now. Bird, Don't worry about me. I'm a lost bird, cause. Bird in the hand. I, I know. I know. And, uh, you know, you got to get that confidence back. Like, and that's part of the thing is like, I, know. I was, 
I know. I agree. That's that's why I wanted to shoot that deer first. And like, if that would, you know, as bad as it is, like I l- learned what I should have done. Like, I, I feel like, you know, you get that one out of your system or whatever. Yep. Um, so you're not, cause you're, you're, I can imagine, cause I've been there, like you're beating yourself up right now. You're going through it and like, what did I do and all that stuff. And I'm doing the same thing with the dough, but those same things are going to be going through your head on the next one so that you don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what I tell these young guys who have not, you know, not messed up on any deer, not, uh, you know, hit one bad or, you know, ne- maybe never killed a deer, but they're waiting for that big one. It's like, man, you <laughs> You're going to mess up and you're going to mess up a lot, probably more than you, you, you don't. And you, you got to get those out of your system. You got to get control of your mind, um, on that. And, but I would have shot that book all day long. But anyways, what I was saying is <laughs> what I took away from that is like looking how yours was set up and how thick everything was. And like when that deer took off down that little, like narrow, it's gone. but, but it was set up like there was, there was kind of like no other way for that deer to go. Like you made that deer go that way. And so I look at that and like on our property, those are like the little tips and tricks that I would like to be able to take away. It's like, now that we've got the deer there, now we need, now we can uh, finesse them to do like what we want them to do, you know? Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Finesse, um, you know, not manipulate is a, is a, a good word, I guess, but you can't really manipulate. It's almost like coach them, you know, try to coach. Cause he could have went any way he wanted. He could have busted right through that brush, but if he's unpressured and, life's good and I'm looking for a girlfriend he's just gonna take the path of least resistance right. I talk about that all the time so yeah you know he, he came out of a trail he crossed right in front of me in like a fence gap and then went down that other mode path um and a spike earlier this morning kind of did the opposite he came in the thick stuff under me and went the opposite way um again just I could have shot both they're right there so that's nice when that stuff comes together um and it takes a little while to get that those nuances figured out but uh, most people listening to this show and probably your show aren't there just just wants to learn one little thing and they move on. It's like, all right, what else can I learn? You know, right. And and you know, that's what I was like imparting upon those guys up there about our food plots and and kind of our plan was that okay? So we were able to do this in a weekend, you know, in 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 really like a day and a half. And if we can build that in as part of our routine, then we can figure out what can we do with the other day and a half? Like, so what can we do the next time we're up here? What can we do to improve the next part? Get the chainsaws out, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and by seeing a level of success or, you know, seeing and and success is, is relative. So is it, is it killing more deer? Is it seeing more deer? Is it holding more deer? Is it more eventful hunts? Like whatever you want to, get out of it. I think we've got in, in, and I would say like with this comes like twofold, like there's, I call them like a hunter or like a trail cam enthusiast. So like the guys that want to show you all these trail cam pictures of deer in the dark, right? Like, Oh my God. But those guys have so much hope the whole time. Cause as long as he's on the camera, they're like hoping, 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 hoping. And and then there's the guys that are like out there, like using that information, tracking it back to bedding and, you know, travel routes and all that stuff. But like there's a level of success there, even just running the cameras and now we're seeing bucks and now we're seeing racked bucks and, and things like that. And like that will come to a tipping point, like well, we're doing all this work and these bucks are here, but we're not killing them. Like you either have to progress or you got to say like, well, we're not doing any more work because we're not killing any more bucks. But the level of like success is all relative. Like it's going to it's going to be what it is in your camp and your mind. Like success for me would have been shooting that buck that you did not shoot this today. And you're like, well, you know. He's there every day, Reggie. He's he's on a pretty good pattern, you know. And and success to me, uh, conversely, is seeing you guys happy with what you've done with your plots, with what a weekend of work, a day of work, whatever time you even had. Um, imagine if you do ten weekends or twenty weekends or whatever, like you can literally transform a property like that. So, seeing uh, some encouragement out of you guys right off the bat is is exactly how it should go. That's amazing. I'm I'm happy for you guys and. I bet Thanksgiving, hopefully there'll be a couple more different conversations around dinner this year. If you guys are all up there, how many people do you have going up there? Like, is uh, everybody well, coming? Um, so there's going to be like my, my dad, uh, both of my brothers and my sister, and then all of the nieces and nephews will be up there. Wow. So outside of our family, I'm not exactly sure, but that like for our family, like my mom's going to be like in Key West or something. And then everybody else is going to be up there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, well, very cool, man. I just have a, a little rapid fire question segment for you and I'll let you get going if that's cool with you. Sure. 
I appreciate you getting on here. Uh, first one, oh, I, I had it pulled up. It's actually over here. First one, your favorite beverage. Let's let's go to Deer Camp. What do you have in a Deer Camp? Uh, lately, it's been Crown Apple on oh. on ice. Have you had the peach yet? Uh, I have not, or maybe I've had just like a little bit of it, but not not as much as the apple. Either way, both of those are get you in trouble at Deer Camp, right? So. <laughs> All right, your favorite venison or wild game recipe. If you, you got a, a fresh kill hanging on the pole, what are you cooking? So one is not quick and the other, it, it, like obviously reverse seared backstrap is like the the go-to, uh, but I love to make pastrami, like Ooh. pastrami. And like we actually bought a, a cheap meat slicer so you can get it like real thin. So I made it a few times, but like with a knife, you can't cut it thin enough and it's like super rich. Um, and then that same patron that moved out to Montana, he was telling me like when he makes it, he slices it all up and then he pre-packages it and he freezes it so that you don't have to eat it all in one sitting. Um, and that's really, really good. I'm going to have to get you on that recipe. I love pastrami. Um, fixed blades or mechanical blades? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, I, I mean, this year I'm using the the Helix Broadheads. Um, I, I've shot fixed blades for a lot of years. Um, I shot my biggest buck in like the worst possible scenario, like the don't do it of mechanicals. So... I was like off of the mechanicals for a while. And uh, last year I, I shot a doe with a sever and I shot, a, I shot a doe and a turkey with a sever last year and uh, they were freaking devastating. So um, I would, I could go with, with either. Um, I like the, I want to say like surety. I mean, granted, I didn't recover a deer this year with the Helix. So like, but like making like a bad, like, hard shot like i've shot i like to shoot deer in the neck is like where it usually <laughs> goes and when i shot the big one in the neck with the mechanical like it was a bad deal uh but when you shoot them there with uh, with a fixed blade and 70 pounds like there's no, there's not a lot of tracking yeah yeah both have pros and cons in my yeah opinion. yeah but i I do, I do like the severs that that was a tremendous head um I think I maybe know the answer to this. Uh, preset stands, blinds, or going mobile? 100% mobile. I love it. Uh, food, water, or cover? If you could only choose one, where would you focus or what would you put on your property? You, ha you have to pick one. <laughs> it depends on the property. I mean, I, I, I want to hunt cover. I'm, I'm looking for cover. I'm looking for that edge. Um, that's, I mean, that's what we did in Indiana, and that's where we found the deer was was in the cover. Uh, but I'm in Michigan, so it's hunting season really isn't too hot. and um, you know, uh, food is food is food, but they got to sleep somewhere. Your favorite habitat tool or implement. And, and I know you're getting into it, but, um, so far, what's your favorite? Uh, the habitat podcast, the information. <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> and I didn't even pay you to say that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and then last but not least your favorite tree. And we may have asked you that before. I can't recall. Favorite tree? Favorite tree. Like Most habitat nerds, we we're we're kind of like uh tree huggers too, but at the same time we like to cut them all down. So it's really it's kind of a, a challenging relationship. I need some like is it my favorite tree to climb? Is okay, it my favorite be, tree to plant? How about my favorite, favorite tree, tree to hunt out of? Um I would say I think I like to hunt out of maple trees. Um, because I feel like they're relatively easy to climb, they hold their leaves for a while, and then when I get up there. Uh, there's usually a lot of branches, so there's a bunch of cover. Uh, so trunks, like sometimes a triple or quadruple. Yeah. So I probably killed a lot of, probably most of my deer out of maple trees, I would say. Awesome. And that, that's just by coincidence. Like if I, if I were to look back at it. Maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. we just found a pattern. <laughs> but, oh, hey, man, that's all I have. I want you to plug everything, uh, everything you got going on, please. And uh, again, thanks for your time and meaning to do this. So this is a great catching up with you. Yeah, for sure. Um Bowhunter Chronicles podcast, basically everywhere you can find anything. Um, and you could probably just look for the uh, world's worst bow hunter and you'll probably see my face. So it probably shows up. Awesome, buddy. Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Good luck the rest of the year. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for listening to the Habitat Podcast. Guys, we will be back with another great episode next week. I just want to say once again, how grateful we are for the listenership we have and the, the loyal listeners you guys have been and supporters of the podcast. For those of you who want to support further, we have free decals being sent out to those who leave us great reviews. Scroll down, hit the link to leave a great review, and then email me info at habitatpodcast.com. I'll get you a free five-inch decal in the mail right away. Guys, I want to thank our sponsors. Vitalized Seed Company at vitalizedseed.com. Exodus, 
outdoor gear. Packer Max Cultipackers. Morse Nursery. Acres.com. Downburst Cedars. First Light. United Country Midwest Lifestyle Properties. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.